0: Welcome back to another episode of the Unframe of Mind show, where we have uncomfortable conversations without a condom. I'm your host, Daniel Wagner. i hey, Anthony Trawick. All right, and tonight we will be having a guest with us, so we'll be getting to that here in just a moment. So, in a post-truth world where phrases like, my truth reigns supreme, how does one guide their intellectual ship toward actual truth? Tonight on the Unframe of Mind show, we speak with Tim Ward, co-author of the book Pro-Truth, a practical guide for putting truth back into politics. With any luck, Tim will give us some of the tools to help guide us through the storms. Stay tuned for that and more tonight on the Unframe of Mind show. You're listening to the Unframe of Mind show, the place to have the most mind-stretching, unprotected intellectual intercourse of your life. Your hosts battle the forces of evil by lobbying fiery balls of truth, reason, and evidence over safe room walls. All right, and welcome to the Unfair Mind Show, where we have high—what uh, was it? Lowbrow topics. Man, I'm. Words. You're all Screw over it. the place. Yeah, yeah. it's been—it's been a crazy night. I have been nonstop oh. busy since like I, I, as soon as my feet hit the floor, I was off to the races, and I have not stopped since. Yeah. It's been nuts, and then you saw the chaos, and you kind of added to the chaos a little bit. But it's a good kind of add to the You're chaos. You're the one
1: that took me to the cemetery. That's true.
0: We we laid in the grass. Things at the got cemetery. really
1: awkward when when the um. The priest walked by. Yeah. I I got a little... What's
0: what's hilarious is it sounds like you're totally making this up for comedic purposes, but... I'm not. You are 100% telling the truth. As we
1: were filming the part four video of the the 2020, you know, waiting for the 2020 election results, Mm -hmm. we were shooting this. And then I happened to look over... And I turned around, looked over, and there's a priest walking
0: yeah. our way. Yeah, got the collar on. I froze. Yeah, he got, got the collar. He's carrying his rosary beads. Oh everything. my god!
1: I no pun intended. I literally froze, and and I said, "Daniel, Daniel," and you just kind of looked at me and said, "What." I said, <laughs> I didn't really say anything. And he goes, you forget I'm an atheist. And I'm like, uh, well, yeah, it may not matter to you, but it does to me. And, you know, I'm, I'm, this isn't exactly something you do when you believe in God. Yeah, it was you, great. You, you don't trample around a bunch of dead people's graves shooting a video for, for the Internet. <laughs> <laughs>
0: that's, that's probably true. All right, so before we forget, because I feel like we had something big to work going tonight, like a guest or something. We do. Didn't we? I think so. Hmm. All right. I think his name was Tim. Tim Ward. Tim, I'm going hey. to welcome Tim to the show. What's up, man?
2: Hey, hi guys. I, I I I'm I'm sorry I missed you there in the uh the graveyard.
0: <laughs> oh, just uh, stay tuned to our feed. You'll you'll see that video come out soon. Yeah. You haven't posted yet, have you? Which one? Uh part 4. Yes, I have. Oh, you already part posted. Four is- He's already posted part 4 while I was busy doing show notes. <laughs> yes, part 4 is now available.
1: Part 5 is coming tomorrow. And I'm going to send a, a little teaser video out, late, uh, video out later Sounds good to me. for those that want to see. Yeah,
0: it. we would have loved to have had you out there. I mean, yeah. it's just a short drive out to the Nashville area. You could make it, right? Oh, yeah. <laughs> All right. Well, I, I, I'll tell you what. Let me, let's me. let go ahead and get started by letting, giving you an opportunity to kind of tell folks who you are and why we should give a shit what you have to say. <laughs>
2: all right so i'm tim ward i'm a communications expert living in the washington dc area the belly of the beast and i'm the co-author of a a book you see right here behind me called pro truth a practical plan for putting truth back into politics my co-author is the founder of the pro truth pledge and he and i together wrote this book because we believe now's the time to have citizens fight to get truth back into politics and really make a case that truth matters. This has begun during the 2016 election and I have to say my co-author and I we've been dismayed by four years of a president who lies repeatedly to the American public. Now the book of the project it's nonpartisan, but we believe truth is cor- uh, the that falsehood that post-truth politics is corrosive to democracy and so we created this Um, book and the Pro-Truth Pledge was designed to give citizens a way to push back and say to politicians you have got to tell us the truth because you're working for us and if you don't tell us the truth, you'd be fired. Think about it. Who would have an employee on staff who they knew chronically lied to you? No, you wouldn't put up with it. What would you say? You're fired. Get out of here. Now at last, it looks like America is on the cusp of doing that to the man who's told the country over 25,000 lies in the last four years
0: so there's a couple things in that Um, first thing first thing was um, you you mentioned putting truth back into politics which kind of carries with it this implicit idea that truth was ever important in politics or whether it was ever a part of politics insofar as you know it's it's a common trope we've known this for decades probably for centuries the politicians lie It just kind of comes with the territory it's it's a it's common knowledge. You just know. You almost know whatever a politician is talking to you. You might as well just take whatever he says and just go with the opposite. You know, let me let me put a,
2: a bit of nuance on on top of that, Daniel. I would say politicians are all tempted to lie. Mm-hmm. The difference is often whether or not they think they can get away with it, and whether citizens are ready to hold them to account or not makes a big difference. So look at Nixon. He lied. Over the, water, over the Watergate cover up. But when this was exposed, he chose to resign rather than be impeached because he knew the truth was out there. Clinton, well, he you know, lied under oath, right? The, depending on the meaning of what is, is. And although he did not get impeached, Gore suffered for it, lost the 2020 election. So it's quite clear that Americans in the past have held their politicians to account if they've lied in serious ways. Right. And what we saw is that this seemed to have really been seriously eroded in 2016. And that's why we really want to put truth back on the map. And really, if you think about it, let's take a look at the greatest presidents. You know, greatest presidents, you know, they're, they're on Mount Rushmore. Who are the ones that are immediately come to mind? George Washington, the cherry tree, and Abe, honest Abe, Lincoln. So honesty in our presidents is actually something Americans have traditionally really valued. And we think that letting go of that value has been a big
0: mistake. So we absolutely do value honesty. That's that's 100. Yeah. I would agree with that. And
1: I think everybody, as a whole, wants a little honesty in their life. And you know, but I also would be a little remiss to say that not every single one of us, even as Americans, that if we're gonna hold a president or an elected official accountable, I would almost seem like a hypocrite because I. I I've lied about things. You've lied about things, and I'm sure you have as well. So, it's to me, it's so I guess my question to you is was when you decided to do this book, was this based off of Trump as the person president, or was this something that you kind of wanted to to dig into because of past presidents and and what elected officials have done over the years?
2: Well, uh, this is a super important question. And indeed, the pro truth pledge in the book itself is not about always being 100% honest with everything you say. You know, people tell white lies, people tell convenient lies. But if you are a political leader, or if you're dealing in the realm of politics, passing off deliberate falsehoods as truth is corrosive to democracy, Right. right? If you tell people that the pandemic is going away when the numbers are rising, you're telling people a falsehood which will affect how they act and behave in ways that could cost them their lives and cost the lives of the people in their families and in their communities so truth has a cost mm-hmm. lies have a cost so this is strictly about political speech and it's about political speech because political speech is public A democracy depends on being able to establish certain facts. And then people with different value systems, Republicans, Democrats, Christians, Muslims, atheists, can argue about how their values can be represented. Mm -hmm. But you need a set of facts to argue about. If you don't have common facts, if you just have one tribal leader saying this is the truth and another tribal leader saying this is the truth, then all you've got is warring tribes, anarchy, anarchy. And literally the breakdown of democracy. Well, I'll give you right. Warren
0: Tribes, but I won't give you anarchy. I'm actually an anarchist, and that's not what <laughs> anarchy is at all. That is a serious misrepresentation. Well, see, and that, and then which is funny because you know technically, you know, I could take that video that that clip which you just said, and I could say, well, Tim is caught on camera lying about anarchy. He clearly <laughs> doesn't know what anarchy is. So how do no. like see what I'm saying is we got different perspectives. I, we I we have get
2: a you. and. Yeah, to- totally. And the so in terms of the pro-truth pledge, it also understands human nature and is generous. So the pledge uh, asks people who sign it, including policy, including elected officials, over a thousand of them have signed it, right. to respect the truth. And that means if you lie, if you misspeak, to just plain admit it. If somebody points it out and says, oh, that thing you the si- the sources you cited, they actually have been discredited. It just says, admit it. Nobody's well, born well, to that's, never that's, be wrong that's interesting.
0: you make we, a mistake. Right. Sorry, sorry, we've actually seen this constantly. Is um, It's just a matter of people start getting into uh, which sources will we actually accept? You know, my source isn't good enough for nobody. Your source ain't good enough for nobody. And it seems like even the sources themselves are becoming so, uh, you know, divided and partisan that it becomes hard to actually find some Source that both sides agree on. So, you know, like, like what you were saying is one of the part of the pledge is, you know, pointing out that somebody's uh, s- something's been discredited, but then, you know, discredited by who?
1: That's always the right. question.
0: By who? Oh, well, you're going to post a uh, Washington Post article, and, you know, literally nobody on the right is going to look at that and go, <laughs> the Washington Post? Seriously? That's what you're going to show me? Like, you're going to have to do better than that. And I just don't know how in the world you. Uh, as, as everything keeps falling apart and keeps getting divided like it's not like we can, we have a list of of <laughs> websites that everybody agrees okay yeah these guys are honest these guys do the best to tell the truth you know they're they're not coming out there and just putting out blatant falsities you know that that kind of thing there's there's literally no source that i know of that everybody can agree to g- agree to you know what i'm saying
2: well um you don't want everybody to agree to it because some people have very extreme views, mm. and those people will not be um, brought to a, to a consensus.
0: Well, sure. But you, I, there's I, certainly no.
2: things like there's the Pointer Institute, which has a list of fact checkers, and so you could take any any um, any story, and if there's a, a, a doubt about it, you can go to the fact checkers, and that's at least step one. You can also look for the sources behind it. So if the Washington Post says. Unemployment is rising. Well, what do you do? You go to the Department of Labor, which publishes statistics. And you take a look at what the Department of Labor statistics have been. Now, somebody could say, but the Department of Labor is completely corrupt. You know, you could possibly then have a long conversation about how the Department of Labor publishes its statistics. Mm -hmm. You could do the same thing with coronavirus counts. Mm -hmm. How do those numbers of positive test results get measured every day? How do those deaths get tabulated? You could question them if you like but it would come down to the number of hospitals the numbers of 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 uh, employment centers that are reporting their their data and at some point skepticism has a as a threshold which indeed it's an individual thing but for most people if reputed sources again and again have reported data and the data has not been seriously debunked you can Be somewhat confident, maybe mostly confident, that it's true. In other words, we shouldn't be looking at things binarily, 100% or 0%. We should be looking at it on a a spectrum. Mm -hmm. So, am I 100% sure that the Department of Labor statistics are accurate? No, No, but I'm probably (laughs) between 90 and 80% sure.
0: Well, you're mighty generous.
1: Well, I, I, I have a question. So, we, you know, I get on social media, and, I, and I'm actually seeing some of these other um, people in podcasts that are actually going to rallies and, and protests and demonstrations to where they're talking to everyday citizens, and they're actually pulling facts and statistics from government websites, and they're trying to show them this is what the numbers are, this is what's really going on. It seems to me there's a lot of people from the left that don't want to hear this. Like, they they don't want to accept those facts that's coming from government websites. Can you maybe explain, or do you have any knowledge as to why maybe the left just isn't wanting to accept those kind of those kind of numbers? Can you give me an example?
0: Um, one, one that comes to mind immediately, right offhand, well, is the, the numbers on the number of black men that are shot by police. Yes, in terms, because there was there was a gentleman going out and, and interviewing people. One, yes. He was he was interviewing people and he was saying, "Hey, did you know that there was only like I think it was like it was within a single digit. So there was only like nine black men shot by police, most of which were shot by uh, policemen of their, their own color, and uh, the vast majority of them were actually justified. There was maybe like one or two that they could say was definitely." you know, wrongdoing or what have right. you. I mean, the, the numbers were so, you know, statistically insignificant and yet people are out marching about these things and nobody would, it, it, it wasn't whether or not his numbers were correct or not. It, the problem for me in that video was nobody even give a shit to listen. They didn't even right. want to yeah. take the time to consider. Yeah. Oh, that's interesting. I haven't heard that. that. Tell me more. There's there's that lack of complete, there's complete lack of but curiosity. How
1: are, but how are you willing to accept any sort of truth if you're not willing to listen? Mm absolutely sorry i
0: don't mean to (laughs) Uh, uh, no no no, uh, you guys are absolutely
2: right so let me address address this which is um, i I don't actually know the statistics on the issue that you that you raised but it's a common it's a common cognitive bias that we human has Mm -hmm. humans have and that is when we have a specific example an anecdote that often seems so powerful to us that if it fits with our map of how the world is we can all too easily generalize and think that situation is widespread. The easy example is shark attacks, right?
0: Right.
2: You know, so if you're on a yeah. beach in Florida and <laughs> Florida in a year there have been two shark attacks, you think, oh my God, the sharks, they're out to get us. It's crazy. But statistically, in terms of the number of shark attacks, they might actually have gone down. But because a shark attack is so emotional and so powerful, we feel it so strongly, we mistake the intensity of the feeling of an emotion for its reality. So similarly, you see a video of a a black man or really anybody shot by the police when they're unarmed or knee on the neck and they're, they're kept there till they're dead, right? The powerfulness of that makes it easy to generalize and think, how can we exist? How can we allow this sort of thing to go on? So we generalize. And indeed, sometimes statistics show that A few examples are, in fact, inaccurate. Now, I can't uh, have an argument because I don't have the numbers about the percentages of black uh, individuals shot by the police versus white individuals shot by the police under different, different circumstances. I think the statistic is an important one. Right. I, I can't argue right. that, but yeah, I can't. When, say,
0: yeah, we're not trying to like pin tendency. you down on. We're not yeah. trying to pin you down on specific statistics, yeah. or I know that was not a show the reaction yeah.
1: of when people try to approach other individuals with actual statistics. You know, if I came right. to you and gave you a certain statistic, it doesn't matter what it is, just kind yeah. of throwing something out there. Um, you know, as far as you know, black cops shooting, you know, black individuals versus, you know, white cops shooting, you know, shooting black individuals, and if I gave you those statistics. And that came from a website that's supposed to be the government, and, and and the numbers that are provided, and I'm trying to talk to you and show you, and you just don't want to have anything to do with it. You just want to shut yeah. me down. Well, that that's not what this is about. What are you trying to? Do? I, we've we've seen this countless countless times, you know, with, with with the liberals, and I'm I'm trying to understand why couldn't they just stop, read it, and have a conversation.
2: So super,
1: you know, I really appreciate this. I'm,
2: I'm going to get the whole unframed uh, point, of this, <laughs> point of this show. And um, what I like about this is it's pointing to the fact that almost anybody, once they have a map of reality, yeah. when they get something that challenges that map, they are more likely to go to the things they know that reinforce the map than the things that challenge the map and be curious about it. And in fact, you guys may know there's actually a cognitive bias called the backfire effect. And more often than not, when you challenge somebody in their beliefs, they are more likely to double down and pull out the few facts that they've got that make their case here then accept new information I'm just I'm right. just gonna let it's... I'm
0: just gonna let you work through my notes for me you're doing a fine job <laughs> <laughs> so yeah yeah the backfire effect right. was actually one and and honestly as far as our show is concerned I was more interested in the last couple chapters more so than anything else in the book you sent me an, an advanced reader copy yeah I haven't had a chance to read it through because I am a very busy man with, with four children <laughs> however I I kind of looked out don't want me I saw what you just did <laughs> Oh, you, you looked like you were ready to say something. I didn't <laughs> want to like... It, you said it
1: like, like you're scolding me. Oh, what? sorry, what? <laughs> <laughs> no. Uh, what? Just real quick, and I meant to ask this earlier. So, uh, again, and, and I know I asked it, I just want to kind of ask it again, but um, was this book, was it designed to follow Trump's presidency as far as him telling the truth as a as a political figure, or was this just because nobody likes Trump?
2: definitely not the latter <laughs> what sparked the pro-truth pledge now,
0: what are you going to that... go and oversimplify his book yeah, for man yeah, come yeah. on no, no i, I, I no, don't it's
1: it's 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 it seems to be the theme the last four years yeah, no yeah with everybody it. wanting to come out with either a book yeah or when they write the a book, news documentary all, so yeah. i've got to ask that question otherwise i'm not doing my job as a, as a podcast right. host i'm just messing with you <laughs> <laughs> but um because what that does is it sets you it sets up the situation to better understand where this book is going and where it's coming from and the intent behind it. That's that's kind of the way the question is posed.
2: Right. So the intent behind it, um, behind the the book, comes from the Pro Truth Pledge, mm-hmm. which Gleb uh, Tsipursky, my co-author, mm-hmm. started four years ago, okay. and he started it during the 2016 election. And uh, what he writes about in the book is what it meant for him as an immigrant whose parents immigrated from Moldova. I'm sure everybody knows where Moldova is. Yeah, yeah. Probably not. <laughs> it's one of the republics of the former Soviet Union, right? So when the Soviet Union dissolved in the early 90s, it was liberated. Gleb and his parents left, came to the United States. One of the reasons that they came is they really were sick of living under a totalitarian regime right. where the regime told you what was true and if you said something different you could go to jail right so truth was dictated so, by the state so facebook right got
0: it so facebook
2: <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> so uh, but seriously people you could go to jail right, right. You, you know you could be dis, dis, disappeared so um for gleb seeing growing up in the united states really appreciating like so many immigrants do, the freedom of speech, the values of our democracy, the strength of our institutions, to see a presidential candidate flagrantly lie to the American people and especially then be you know win the nomination, win the win the election and have phrases like alternative facts and pro-truth become popular in the vernacular just affected him so deeply that he wanted to do something to push, back. And so he started this movement. I found him a few years later, um, because as a former journalist myself, I really felt that Americans' democracy was being badly eroded, not just by Trump, but in other places like in the UK, where the whole Brexit campaign was really fueled by a bunch of lies. So um, uh, when, when I discovered him, uh, I was wanting to write a book, and I wanted to interview him at first, and then he told me he actually had a draft written of a book on similar themes. And so I thought, well, look, you know, I'm a, I'm a journalist, I'm a writer, you're a scientist, you're a researcher, let's team up. I also have this media perspective. So we combined forces and we put out the book Pro-Truth. That's really the, the, the book that explains the Pro-Truth pledge, but is also like a defensive handbook for people who wanna learn how to protect themselves from the lies, the politicians, and all too often the media. Try to tell you and try to sell you. Hmm. So that's that's something. why we wrote the book, something. and that's
1: why I was asking the question because I wanted it a little bit more for the audience hmm. to understand what the book was about.
0: So something um, like say there's there's phrases that it comes from the left and the right both. Like the 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 right seems to have a problem with this term uh, my truth. Uh, the left seems to have a problem with the the phrase that you said alternative facts. And things mm-hmm. like that where, you know, whereas if you go on the, op, you know, if you flip it around the other side is like, yeah, that's, that's fine. That makes perfect sense. I know exactly what that means. And it's just really interesting. I'm, I'm just like, how do you, how do you even begin to combat that when you have the exact same phrase that seems to me- mean two completely different things to two completely different sides? Yeah.
2: So I think it's really helpful to distinguish between a, a mic, a truth that is a values truth, right? That is what I call a capital T truth. So whether you're you know, Catholic or communist or whatever, you've got a set of values and those values are the, the things you may live by, mm-hmm. which are capital T truths, mm-hmm. right? But then there are also the small T truths. And our book is about the humble small T truths. What actually happened, right? Yeah. So yes. if I ask you, um daniel what did you eat for lunch today what would you say
0: i uh, didn't i don't eat lunch <laughs> okay i don't eat lunch right no so, i really don't
2: <laughs> now if somebody I, if do if, I if, do let's, say, let's say let's say tony let's say tony followed you around <laughs> and he caught you at a cracker bell at one o'clock stuffing your face with a grilled cheese sandwich then he could say aha you lied you said you never eat lunch but you lied and if he got you on video then that pretty would pretty convincingly be a lie. So yeah. you could say, no, you didn't. That wasn't me. That was a body double that you paid to yeah. fra- to phrase the video. That was a so deep you vape. could say that, that was a but deep there's still a fact. You either <laughs> ate that sandwich for lunch right. or you didn't. Yeah. That's a small T truth. 95% of what we talk about when it comes to politics are simply small T truths. It happened or it didn't. The value questions, the big T truths, is abortion wrong. Is capital punishment wrong?
0: Is anarchy, right? is anarchy right? chaos?
2: Is anarchy chaos, right? <laughs> or is anarchy a way that reasonable people can live together without oppressive rules and regulations? Yeah. Maybe I'm doing a little bit about anarchy. It works for the dating world. <laughs> <laughs> so the, the thing is you may always disagree on the big T truths, but the secret of American democracy is it's allowed people with different big T truths to come together create a government, agree on some small t facts and compromise on policy that keeps us together as a strong and powerful nation. That's the beauty of democracy.
0: So it almost it almost sounds like you're talking about the difference between truth and facts. Is so that, when I say small fair, t truth,
2: it, I mostly mean facts.
0: Okay. okay, that's, that's what I was just making sure I yeah. so understood what you meant. Yeah.
1: Just real quick question. Do you think that this book could be applied to everyday life uh. as far as truth beyond politics? Absolutely. And um, you know the point of it is political,
2: but the expression of it is primarily around social media. When an individual signs this, what they're doing by signing the pro-truth pledge is they're agreeing not to share misinformation, to do their own fact checks. Maybe they're not going to be 100% right. If they're 90% right, even if they're 80% right, they're lessening the misinformation that's out there. I think of it like this. If you simply fact check, It's like wearing a mask to prevent the spread of a virus. You're lessening the misinformation you're putting out there. That's a social good that you're creating. So people who take the Pro Tooth Pledge are creating, in a sense, a cleaner, more reliable social media network. Now, there's so many problems with social media. Uh, we could go on wait, all night wait, talking wait, about that.
0: Uh, we've never but, talked about that, have we? <laughs> yeah, well, we'll be here until 4 o'clock in the there morning. There are things that
2: each person can do to make it a little bit better. And when people make it a little bit better and push back, you get things like even big, big guns like Twitter and Facebook making some changes in their policy because ultimately they don't want to piss off all of their users. So the behind the Pro Tooth Pledge is this idea that we, the people, can say – we demand this. We demand uh, an end to, mis- to deliberate misinformation. We want to cut it off where we can find it, and we give you influencers, politicians, the opportunity to publicly agree to sign the pledge and agree that you will not deliberately spread misinformation. That's really the simple heart of the ProTruth Pledge.
0: Hmm. Okay. Um, yeah. Now, what I'm what I'm really interested in is the. The teeth to the pro tr- pro truth, excuse me. The teeth to the pro truth pledge. Got a little bit of a tongue twister there. Um, mm. I'm really interested in in knowing because, and I think I asked Glib about this, and I'm not really sh- sure because he was actually on the uh, show quite a while back, uh-huh. and I'm not quite sure I got the answer. I I don't know if I got the, the full answer what I was looking for. Let me see. Let me see how you answer this. But what yeah. how, what's the enforcement mechanism for the pro truth pledge? Because I know you, you sign the pledge and you agree to, you know, tell the truth as much as possible, you know, and, if, and when challenged, you, you're you you know willing to say, hey, I screwed up and this is how. Um, now, what, what happens to people who don't, you know, who continue to violate their pledge, so to
2: right. speak? So somebody who violates the pledge, who's a, a public figure, um, that can be brought to the attention of the pro-truth campaign. And we will then contact that person and inform them of their violation and give them the opportunity to retract or correct the statement. And in fact, we've done that a couple of times. The book details two examples of elected politicians who in one case tweeted something that was not factually accurate. In receiving that, they then tweeted um, the source that I cited apparently is wrong or doesn't exist. And so I'm retracting this tweet. And then after that, they took it off the internet. So there are examples of where this had positive behavior in terms of increasing the uh, public officials willingness to take down information that they put up that was was false. So that's the public face of it. There's an informal face of it that I think is frankly, way more powerful. And that is, I signed the, the pro truth pledge. So when my friends see me posting on social media, they actually hold me accountable. And more than once, I've had a friend of mine say, hey, wait a minute. I don't think that this thing that you posted is actually ac- is accurate factually. And I'll say, oh, really? And they'll send me stuff or I'll go and I'll check it more deeply. And there's times when I've either not checked stuff thoroughly enough and I've taken it down. Or times when, although the facts are right, the impression that it's left, their case has been that it's misleading. And... I've again said, okay, you've pointed out that this is still misleading. And thank you for pointing that out. I'm going to take it down. So I know that I've changed my behavior, and that's up to each individual who signs the pledge. And when you advertise, you know, you won't post misinformation. Believe me, guys, people will tell you. <laughs>
0: So, so your I'm, friends, really your friends will <laughs> said, tell you if so, you
2: step out of bounds, right? So, so you, there's you this, said this we, like self-policing that steps you, in.
0: You you said, say it's in, in the in the name of a, a public politician, something happens, and you say we step in. I mean, who is we?
2: So right. uh, something who, can be sent to the Pro truth Pledge. There's a a group then that will adjudicate it, and will then contact the person and let them know you stepped out of bounds.
0: Adjudicate it insofar right. as and, and is this is this. Uh, team of people or like how many people were talking are they voted in are you know are they is there a wide variety of different uh ideologies represented in this group Did, you know you get what i'm saying where i'm going with yeah. this
2: yeah i i do and to be honest i'm not ex- entirely familiar with the mechanism and how it works but i do want to be clear that what we do is we correct errors of fact so if somebody's speaking about an ideology, or if they're simply expressing an opinion, that's not necessarily violating the pro-truth opinion, the the, the pro-truth pledge. Now, if their opinion is the Holocaust never happened, that is actually violating matters of fact. So, um, you know, you can have your opinions, but you can't necessarily have your opinions about things that are established facts.
0: Now, to play devil's advocate on that, I actually have met some people who have said Mm -hmm. the Holocaust did not happen and i'm not saying i believe all their sources or anything like that but what i am saying is they did provide some very well thought out reasons why they think this and they they provided the, the sources they said okay this is the math i did and here's why it wasn't just somebody going well i saw some video on youtube you know and then who, who am i like if i'm in this this group adjudicating somebody's truth <laughs> or somebody's you know claims rather
2: just adjudicating—is there evidence that it's factual?
0: Right. I, I do understand that you know, in the grand scheme of things, most people are of the opinion and agree that the Holocaust did in fact happen. That's kind of uh, it, it's a, it's like a group, you know, uh, what's it, what's it called? A consensus, if you will. Right. And unfortunately, right. consensus is not in itself, in and of itself, create truth. You're right. There's plenty and of time. And in times, fact,
2: sometimes consensuses over over time are 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 proven wrong.
0: Correct. So that's that's kind of I'm very I guess I'm very hesitant about it feels like a very powerful position to be in to determine that somebody is, you know, lying. First of all,
2: you know, you know, the truth is the truth is
1: I was going to say 95 (laughs) percent of the time we have to check 95
2: percent of the time stuff happened or it didn't. Right. When it comes to opinion, there's a range. But when it comes to did stuff happen or did it not? you could either determine it or you can say it can't be determined. And if it can't be determined, all right, let's make some space for it. All right, the, point, the point is it's not the point is not to make it either or. And often people who want to push back, including many politicians, want to make suddenly this claim the truth has to be a hundred percent, when most of the time it's far from that. You know, even facts that are established as climate change like 97% of the climate scientists have agreed that climate change is real and it's human caused. There are some that don't. So if you're looking at 100%, you're not looking at probabilistic thinking. You're not looking at the likely range of 80 to 90%. We're human beings. We don't have, you know, 100% knowledge
0: of anything. Yeah. Good lord. I hope not. I right. Mean, I mean, so so I mean, if I if I happen to agree with the 3% of scientists that don't quite agree with climate change and i make a post about it and there's actually some decent studies sh- supporting my claims am i then in, in in am i telling the truth am i so not you, telling the truth does that make sense
2: you would be telling the truth if you reported the uh, study, a study scientifically peer reviewed study posted this you would not be reporting a truth if you said this study shows that the other 90 that the other 97% are lying
0: are lying. so you no, can that's, report that's quite, that's quite right, claim that's right claim. you can
2: report what a study said
0: yeah now the but study if you make say-
2: claims about that study that are beyond the scope of the study then you're not being truthful and but I have to say I think Daniel you point yourself you put a finger right on what we're getting right now at this moment in 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 our political in, in this whole election thing and that is claims are being made that seem highly unlikely. That the vote is somehow fraudulent or not real, and you've got uh, the the Trump campaign running around and just looking for whatever the hell they can say.
0: Well, I want to makes gonna,
2: it seem like it's a fact to make larger claims. I'm gonna stop to delegitimize the election stop I'm, I'm going to
0: stop you there because I do want to talk about that, and that's very because that that's going to be a, a, a whole topic in and of itself. But mm. I want I want to grab a couple comments from the comments section here for you to throw at you yeah. before we jump into that. Um, Dan V from uh, uh, YouTube he, he says nobody quits Twitter because there are Nazis Nazis quit Twitter Nazis quit Twitter because all their friends have been banned the idea that social media is attempting to placate its user base is patently false and to be clear this gentleman does, he's not I don't think I don't think he's a Nazi but he is a self, no. self-described self fascist and and I mean you know I, I would I'm he's he's somebody that's in our group that we talk to um, we uh-huh. we do happen to include anybody that wants to come talk as long as they're not attacking other people. So it's interesting to see where he's coming from. But that that was his point was like what he said is, is Nazis, Nazis quit Twitter because all their friends have been banned. And I guess he was going, uh, you know, going up against what you were saying about the fact checkers being there to kind of placate the base. Does that make sense?
2: Well, I wouldn't say placate the base. Fact checkers are there to do what they can to eliminate misinformation. That doesn't mean they're 100% right, but that's their job, to eliminate misinformation. And regardless of whether you're you know, a Stalinist or a Nazi, there are things that are facts and there are things that are not. And uh, if you try to make things up that are not facts, like let's say you say the coronavirus is a hoax, you could say that. You can even believe it. But factually, it's false. And there's a difference between an attitude and a fact
1: you know i can get on social media post a funny meme or something that's sarcastic and i could be fact checked for it and told it's false information yeah i mean the the fact checkers on
0: facebook are a excuse my french a joke (laughs) i mean i mean no i mean because we have we we have a group where we again we have a wide variety of opinions and it seems like anybody that posts anything that it happens to have the correct politics never gets fact checked, never gets questioned. It's just accepted as truth. And then whenever something on the right or something who has the not Facebook politics, it's constantly questioned, is constantly shut down. Including what he's talking about, and we've had this many times. A clear meme that was just there for That's comedic value. Re, I mean, just complete just comedy, yeah, and and clearly satire. I mean, you you got to be an idiot to to not be able to tell it's satire. And it's being and it's getting a notice on top. Oh, fact check. Uh, Facebook says this thing really didn't happen this way. It ha- like, shut up, Facebook. We don't want to hear that. <laughs> and that all that does. All, honestly, all that does. And to go back to what you call the backfire effect in your book. All that does is it makes those people who are already feeling that way. See that post, see that notice. And I feel like Facebook's doing more damage than they are helping with this they're seeing that and going oh well what's Facebook not want me to know I'm going to go study that even more I you know and that's it's quite frankly I've seen a lot of people do this yeah you know you see you see oh -hmm. they they shut down my post they don't want they don't want the truth getting out you know maybe they maybe they really are posting something that's not true yeah but you kind of have this this huge uh, over I I guess it's a the the shoe seems to be a little heavier on the on Facebook's right than it is on its left if that makes sense
2: Well, you know, um, what I really hear you saying that is a real concern is social media is ending up becoming the arbitrator of truth, of what is misinformation and what is not. You can't decide the difference
1: between the two. But,
2: but, you know, let's face it, a truth-free social media, which is what Facebook and frankly Twitter used to be, where they said, we're just providing a platform. Well, that wasn't never really true itself. They were providing a platform plus algorithms. And because the algorithms amplified the things people spent their time on, and right. because people tend right. to spend their time on things that are highly controversial, emotional, and divisive, was creating this incredibly toxic, bifurcated bubble where people were hearing more and more divisive things. The The platforms thought that's because that's what people want, no. Those are the things that distressed us, so we spent our time looking at them. Mm. But it really has made this incredibly toxic world out of social media. Now, I would say ultimately that's because social media is being driven by advertising and profit. And the real problem for both of these platforms is they are being run in order to extract wealth and extract information rather than run generally as a way for people to social network with each other. So there's a huge, huge shifts that still need to become in building a social media that people can use like a town hall to exchange information rather than like platforms that are advertising platforms disguised as entertainment.
0: Yeah, they That's always, my rap on yeah, social you know, media. They always do say if, if, you're, if you're not paying for it, you are the product. That's absolutely, yeah, that's I that's agree with you. Absolutely. Absolutely. And, and, and so honestly, I user
2: felt like, beware on social media.
0: Right. And, and honestly, I felt like the, the social media was much better when it was all reverse chronological order. When you just come on your, your feed and you just read until you've caught back up and then you're done. You just log off. But it's designed. I mean, it is a well-designed tool and that's yeah. what frustrates me. It's very well-designed tool. It's very useful for a lot of things. Um, I was recently kicked off and with no warning, no reason Um, We went live last Friday, a matter of fact, tried to go live, and he couldn't share it because it didn't exist. And we go and find out, oh, well, you've been blocked until November 29th. This was October 29th, a few days before the election, and and we've noticed quite a few people who happen to have right-leaning viewpoints suffering the same issue. Um, It just so happens we didn't get any warning about when they shut us down, and then a few days later again On election with, day. without warning i'm suddenly able to make posts again right and it's like okay guys i i, I would appreciate it more if it was evenly not evenly balanced even just consistently applied and that's i guess i guess what the reason um, but
1: facebook discusses transparency but it doesn't do it
0: right well i mean i guess what i'm what i my concern is is what and and i want to tie all this back together to your to your particular project the pro truth pledge if this thing gets big enough and you have a a group of team member or whatever, you know, determining what truth is, how do you make sure you like you got to be really careful about that? Because this is pretty important stuff. There's a lot of people that are getting completely shut out of the social consciousness because of it. So you got be really careful I, about who is on that team and how you handle these things.
2: You are totally right. I tell you, I want to have that problem. I want one of the things that we worry about to be there are so many people monitoring what's being said on social media and whether or not pledge takers are sticking to their pledge or not. I want to be in the situation where this is such a deal. People care so much about truth and ending the spread of misinformation that we have to do a lot more work to really make sure that this whole adjudication process is being run in the way that is objective and fair because it's going to be big help right. us get there and, right and, and you if, know and if sign I would... the pledge uh, volunteer make it something that you care about because ultimately it's about improving the quality of something that has become essential to so many of our lives social media how we get information and how we do it without the filters mm-hmm. of mainstream media without the filters a politician telling us what's what it should be citizen to citizen sharing what we've learned sharing how we see the world sharing the the, the facts of our lives and our realities
0: I wish the world was like that. Yeah. You would think, but you know? quite frankly, people seem to just want to go get on Facebook and get their emotional fix and they're done. <laughs> like, so true. You know, you know, go on there and, and find somebody that's going to re re or re um, re what's the word I'm looking for, you know?
2: Yeah. Get, get people supporting uh, them, right. Reinforce. To reaffirm, yeah. reaffirm their feelings. Right. But you, you know what, here's what I think we haven't really grasped yet about social media. It's, maybe it's 20 years old, it's, it's, it's a teenager, right? But actually in terms of human evolution, the number of people who've come on, social media is really more of a toddler experience. So we're on it like toddlers expressing our emotions. When things happen, we don't like, we go, Wah! or we get angry and we have a tantrum or we yell at people. Hmm. We're all toddlers on social media. Yeah. We've got to grow the F up. Hey, you're on the right social media. Can I really say that? (laughs) Yes, you can. Grow the fuck up. There you go.
1: Timmy. Thank you, guys. (laughs) Hey, do it again. Do it again. Just for the pure pure pleasure. You got to grow the fuck up. Yes. And
2: be adults on social media. Uh, look, we don't know how to be adults on social <laughs> media. Hey, look, I can't Why? agree more.
0: Because I we're all learning. It's new for all of us. <laughs> I can't agree more. And check this out. One of the core uh-huh. rules of our group is that, you know, we don't attack each other. Like We attack ideas. We don't attack each other. And the fact that the moderators, myself included, are willing to enforce that. Seems to have created an atmosphere where everybody really seems to appreciate that. Hey, I can come in here and talk about some stuff that's on my mind. I can talk about you know whatever philosophy I have and not worry about getting attacked. For you know, I'm not getting called a fascist. I'm not getting getting called a libtard. But if you do
1: get attacked, you know we hold you accountable and we want you
0: to and, and apologize. Amazingly, some people and we and this is how we root people out. Some people do apologize and say, "Yeah, you're right. I overstepped. I'm sorry." And I won't do it again. And and then we have great relationships with them. And some people will double down predictably, and we have to kick them from the group because that's unacceptable. And and right. honestly, social ostracism is one of the most powerful, historically most powerful tools mm-hmm. that we've ever had for for to use. You know, and people just don't use it enough. <laughs>
2: right. Yeah, absolutely. Social media is built for ostracism. It's built for community. But if you can't adhere to the basic norms, you should be kicked out. You guys maybe should. You know. I don't know if you signed yet, but get on board with the Pro Truth Pledge and ask, what does it take to become adjudicators? Right.
0: Well, uh, if I'm being perfectly honest, the, the only reason I have not signed it and probably won't sign it is until there's more, much clearer specifications on how the adjudication process works. Because, you know, I have a tendency to get, you know, I'll, I'll, I do my research. I learn, I learn a lot, but my views are so far outside of the Overton window you know, I'm an anarchist and an atheist. You know, mm-hmm. that's not mm-hmm. exactly some. You know, and I'm growing coming up in the Bible Belt of the South. These things <laughs> really, yeah, these things don't quite you know work together. You know, so I, I would need a much clearer uh, uh, set of you know stated examples and rules. And what more do you want from this man? I, I'm, I'm, I'm just. Yeah. You know what? I'll You're tell picky. you what. Write an entire another book, but this time, yeah. it's, <laughs> look, look. Instead of wait until Biden gets no, no. elected, yeah, then yeah. Write the book. yeah. After Biden gets elected, write this, write the exact same book, but just you know, replace the Trump examples with Biden examples. and yeah. then, you, then you've reached both sides of your political yes, <laughs> you yeah, audience.
2: Yeah, yeah. I, I, I tell you, I will get on that in the best way I can, which is I will talk to Gled, the founder of the Pro Truth Pledge. And I will ask him to write something and post it on the, uh, on the site. Actually, for all I know, it might, might be there already. I think that the general principles are there. Mm. Um, but to maybe describe even more explicitly what those principles are. And, and I invite your, any of your listeners to go to protruthpledge.org, look for it, search for it, see if it meets their standards of objectivity.
0: Right on, right on. Um, yeah, and, and and listen, if if anybody wants to go sign the pledge, or they want to go check it out, feel free to go. You know, and and, and I the do same, have a copy same, of your book, so same I plan thing, on reading it over. So. Right, same thing that I'm doing here is I'm I'm putting you to the question. You know, I'm not I'm not holding no punches. I'm not you know I'm not being rude about it. I don't you no. know I feel like we've had a a really good conversation here, even though I can tell we disagree. Hell, me and him disagree. We, you know, whatever on on certain politics and ideas. Those are but, the
2: only interesting conversations.
0: Oh, absolutely. If absolutely, everybody agrees,
2: it's a dull, short interview. That's why this we're, interview would have been done twenty
0: minutes ago. That's, that's why we're. That's why exactly why we're here. And it's it's like I I knew this would be a good 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 conversation because I I you know having read some of what you've written, I could tell where you were coming from, and and I can also I'm I'm picturing reading your book as a Trump supporter, and I'm not going to make it past the 10th page no,
2: I, I i have to say you are you, you're right and i mean i'm not a I,
0: trump, i'm not, okay to be clear i'm no, not look, a trump supporter yes but are. i'm imagining <laughs> if i was a trump supporter hey, he's so a closet trump supporter look. don't
2: let him lie to you
0: i'm going to be mine, truthful
2: a friend of mine who's who's fairly far to the right who is a trump supporter is a good friend of mine we you know uh, we have argued politics for years and in fact, I actually, in my acknowledgements, you know, in, in, in a book you acknowledge people who are really helpful in helping you frame the ideas of the book, I acknowledge him as somebody who's been a positive influence for me because whenever I said stuff that could be questioned, he's like, ah, what about, what about this? What about, what about that? That's so important. If you don't have friends who disagree with your perspective, you'll never know when you're misleading yourself. Yeah. I think that's yeah. one of the things that really this bifurcated American needs. Is people to see? I need my friends who think
1: differently than me.
0: Well, and I also think that's Trump. Uh, yeah, look, suppo- I, I I will 100% agree with you on that. So,
1: <laughs> I think yeah. I think the other thing that needs to be said is that Trump supporters also need to hold Trump supporters accountable and say, hey, if Trump has lied about something, you gotta you gotta say, hey, he's lied about it. You know what I'm saying? I mean, you gotta tell a Trump supporter that. Mm. And just because you tell him that doesn't mean you're not a supporter of Trump. You're just as you've talked about with your book. You're holding them accountable to speak truth, and if you right. catch them lying, you need to call them out on it. So I think it's just it's it's more than reading the book. I think that if you're Biden supporters, you need to call out Biden supporters, and not call them out in a disrespectful way. Well, just don't but just sn- say hey,
0: just, you know, just don't sniff him. That's, all. I, I, that's I know. That's really rude. <laughs> I know that
1: is kind of awkward, but. The point I'm trying to make, though, is it's like, you know, as a Trump supporter to another Trump supporter, if Trump has lied about something, we should have that conversation, then move on from it, you know, and, and it's just you can still support that candidate. You know, I, it's not to say that you agree that he's lying about something. It's just to say, hey, you know, we can agree that what he's doing is wrong. Well, we need to share that with other Trump supporters. You know what i'm saying right. i mean all politicians lie we know this there's not one i mean it's almost kind of like you know written out or spelled out on the form when the, you the, sign up the to job come and, uh, yeah, yeah, the job it's, description yeah it's actually like in the top three a political yeah. figure you know <laughs> so but you know you get a lot of people from the left and the right that as soon as you say something to another supporter that he's lied about something they lose their shit I've seen this on both sides. I'm not saying it's just on the liberal side. It's on both sides. Mm-hmm. And that's something that needs to be discussed, you know, and, and it's not. And, and I think people get so emotionally wrapped up into their um into their politicians, they forget to do that. They forget to hold them accountable. Absolutely. You know, if we're if we're going to be willing to hold our politicians accountable, we ought to hold each other accountable in the same process. You know, right. but we don't. So I, I don't know. And, it's just uh, I think this whole thing can branch out in so many different directions yeah. as far as, you know, the whole, you know, wanting to speak truth. But with truth, you know, comes trust. And I think that's where we're lacking a lot of thereof is is people understanding that if you start to tell the truth, you start to gain the public's trust and it makes Reelections, it makes the, the decisions you make a lot more easier in the process that's right but this is also the same rules can apply in your everyday life but they're not so the fundamentals of of what you're wanting to do with politicians that's great but we're going to have to take this thing all the way back to the home front you know if you want to start with truth it starts at home it starts with how you raise your kids you know it starts with your coworkers, and then you have to build this thing all the way up so i i I like the premise of the book but the one thing i will say is is like you know before we get to politicians let's worry about the truth in our own home right
2: well yeah I, i would say though tony we actually have a most of us have a fairly high threshold for truth in our personal lives right if your doctor lied to you about test results Mm -hmm. you wouldn't go back right right if you had a business partner who was lying to you about what was being done with finances or details of your business you you know you'd send them packing you wouldn't keep doing business if your your wife
1: lied to you if your husband lied to you why would you stay with them that's yeah. like a, that's like reasons for divorce. Right.
2: So I think this is it's the, crazy. Of the free market. Huh? But I think it's then crazy that we will then accept the premise that our politicians all lie. They only lie if we let them get away with it. Nixon knew he couldn't get away with it. He resigned when he knew we were on to it. Right. Mm-hmm. So that's sort of the American people have to come back and say to their leaders, you are god damn accountable to us and if you lie you are not doing the job we hired you to i like to think we don't know yet i like to think that enough of the american people said that to donald trump this week you've lied to us enough you're fired right and i would like to think that his lack of truthfulness is something that was beyond the pale for enough americans that they don't want to have him in charge anymore. That wow. to me would be a great. Sorry,
0: your your microphone spur. is rubbing your shirt there. Sorry,
2: that getting so worked up. That to me would be a great spur for pro truth movement for people to say to politicians, "Yeah, you lie, you're going to lose." That's the world I want to live in.
0: Boy, wouldn't that be great? That, right. That's that's the, that's the difference between the private market and public market, man. Is I, like I, said, I in the in the private in the private market, we got a choice. The, the doctor lies to us, we can leave. You know, if my business partner lies, I can leave.
1: I I just think that if, you know, again, to kind of reiterate what I had said from earlier is like, you know, the truth really does start at home. And before we start going after politicians and, you know, CEOs of companies, because I'm going to tell you, you probably have a lot more going on in in the private sector, you know, as far as companies are concerned than you do with politicians. You know, it's just the hustle of the game. And just like it is in politics, you know, you lie to gain a vote. A power. But a mislead trust, <laughs> yeah. you know, and, and that that is just historically a part of being a politician. I am going to lie to you to gain your trust to get your vote. Hmm. That's just how this works. I'm not saying that it's right. I'm not saying that it's wrong, but it's the game that is played. It's politics. It's dirty. Mm-hmm. It's always going to be this way. And, and 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 it's not to, you know, to discredit the book that you're wanting to, to, to get out there and, and, and to, you know, make that known that truth needs to come back to the forefront because i admire that i really do but the reality is this is politics
2: you know who i admire as a presidential politician Mm. and we write about this in our book
0: if you say biden mccain i swear to god if you say biden i'm hanging up now
2: no 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 no. no. (laughs) i admire john mccain do you guys remember that moment in the 20 the 2008 election when McCain was doing a town hall in Florida and this woman stood up and talked about Obama being a Muslim who was out to destroy America. And McCain grabbed the mic back from her and said, no, ma'am, that's not true. He's an American. He's a decent man. And he and I just happened to disagree on what's best for America. That was a moment of truth. That was That was what we want in our political leaders, not someone who will let a lie stand for a momentary political advantage, but someone who will speak the truth, even if he may have lost a vote, maybe more than one vote in that I'll tell you what, Tim, you got a
0: bit bit of a catch-22 here because the very people that value honesty and integrity are also more than likely going to be the kind of people that are smart enough to stay away from the political game to, in the first place, and you're never going to see them run. That's why we have so many awesome people out there that, you know, people are like, Oprah for president, or, you know, what, I, I'm, I'm just, whatever the example is, you know, great people that yeah. you feel like would do a really excellent job, and they're, they're like, yeah. nope, nope, I, mm, nope, I ain't doing it.
2: Yeah, I I, I hear you. I've often thought that the, the best of electoral system would be one where the only people who could run for president were people who had to be talked into it, because they didn't want to do it
0: (laughs) somebody somebody in the comments said bomb 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 iran actual john mccain quote Uh,
2: so yes i'm not saying john mccain a saint Never made, never made a mistake. You're just
1: specifically hey, pointing
2: right. out that.
1: I would, I would
2: also say, I, I want to pull He chose Sarah Palin as his vice presidential candidate, and then said this was a great choice. So let's uh, just so let's say there was a lot of stuff he did wrong, but that one moment, yeah, hey, hey, he was, you know, even
0: a broken was clock is right twice a day. You yeah. know what I'm saying? Right. Hey, now I don't, I don't want to forget, and and I don't know what what kind of time we, we're not. Are you are you running up against any time restraints here? Because I I did I did want to hit that. Um, you, we I cut you off earlier. We were talking about the election and the, uh, all the all the all the all the voter fraud and everything else that's going on with that uh,
1: um, i need so, a drink after the... <laughs> every time a vote's counted
2: all the voter fraud this is what happens when somebody says a lie and it gets repeated enough then people just start saying it all the voter fraud no evidence but people start saying it and that evidence and so instead of evidence you get the fact that it's repeated people say it enough and it starts to seem easy to believe
0: so now, Show me now you
2: a single piece uh, well, of what,
0: I actually am the author of a pretty extensive article called The Politician's Guide to Rigging, I Mean Winning an Election. And I've detailed <laughs> 30 different, over 30 different it's ways. Long, but it's good. Just 30 different methods that I was aware of in which the, the the vote can be rigged or has been rigged and has been documented and found to have been rigged. And as well, a matter clear, of fact, in this particular election cycle, I'm coming across many other new ones that I hadn't even considered.
2: So let's be clear, there may be possible ways. And one of the things that's been interesting about American democracy is how many of those ways are caught. I think of that, what was in North Carolina, where you had this, um, uh, I, I can't remember the details of it right now, but the, 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 person was caught with this fraudulent attempt to to fix some, some ballots. So uh, I think it's pretty clear that people are occasionally gonna try, but to do it is actually pretty hard. But I think what's really important is that people like you, Dan, constantly put stuff out. How could this happen? Where was the evidence for it? Is this happening or not? We need to be skeptical and vigilant so we can't be thinking, Oh, everything's just great. Well, but let's look for the evidence. What yeah. actually happened as opposed to what are so people me, just saying? Let me ask you this evidence. then.
0: We, we had, uh, as, as soon as the topic was brought up, I had somebody post a couple articles yeah. detailing examples. One was from the New York post and one was from Fox news. Um, surprise
2: surprise those see, two and, venues and I knew
0: and I knew that that would be exactly what you'd say that's the that's the whole that's the whole uh, backfire effect that we're talking about you're 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 culpable you're, I think you'd fall fall into that trap as I, well. Even I, I want to hear what bailout. they are.
2: I, I want to hear what they are.
0: Well they're they're in the comments on Facebook, but um basically I'm I'm not going to go through and uh, okay read whole articles, but I'm just trying to say that there you know there's uh, somebody even said when people say no evidence enough times it seems easy to believe. There's plenty of evidence you're just ideological ideologically opposed to that evidence. And I've I happen I happen to follow in certain circles where the evidence is coming, like, oh my God, the amounts of evidence of whistleblowers of just straight out you know fraud and documented evidence uh strange things that does not make any sense um and the the fact that they're boarding up windows where people can't see inside where they're counting the fact that they're keeping people from from uh monitoring the polls keeping them you know too far away where they can even see anything going on i mean so
2: you're saying those things but how are they being evaluated as either true or not? And, and I want to recount the one thing that I saw today, which was shocking when I first heard it, but not surprising when I heard about it later. Sure. And this was people in, um, uh, I can't remember whether it was Nevada or Arizona, but a couple of, of uh, Trump supporters had this sort of impromptu outdoor press conference. And they brought up this old woman who uh, who said, I went to vote and I was told my vote had already been cast. This is clearly voter fraud. I wasn't allowed to vote. They sent me away. And um, that sounded like, holy crap, there may be something here. The follow-up story was um, the voting board contacted her and, and said, um, here's your ballot envelope with your signature. You did indeed vote by mail. End of story we've not heard from that woman again.
0: Oh, yeah. And, uh, and we those could things, generously those say do she do was happen, old sure. enough maybe
2: she had forgotten that she casted her right. vote. But that was being put up there as a fact, but in fact it was fraudulent.
0: Yeah, I hadn't uh, seen I, that particular story, but I I do understand things like things like that do happen, of course. But oh, yeah. I guess I guess what we're what we're looking at is the, the media tells us there's no such thing as widespread voter fraud. And they use that word widespread on purpose, I feel because that is true there is no evidence of widespread voter fraud if you take out the widespread word and you just say there's no evidence of voter fraud then you know it does make the whole statement different and what we're seeing i think is a a clear example of death by thousand cuts where you've got so many small examples of this going on all over the place the in an election this tight those numbers actually do amount to something. They actually oh, do mean something. G- g- yeah. give,
2: give me one so we can talk about something concrete.
0: Well, for for example, I guess earlier I seen there was a postal driver that was caught with a bunch of ballots that he had been pulling out of the mailboxes and things and keeping them in his car.
1: Up in New York, Buffalo.
0: Yeah, that was one. He was caught and his story changed like two or three times before he finally admitted what was going on. And what did he say? I, I'd, I'd have to bring it back up again. He, what did he had He say? crossed
1: over. He, he had, well, he told the police that he got on the wrong part of the interstate, ended up in Canada, and he was stopped. And as they went through his vehicle, that's where they found the mail, and they found three ballots that yeah, yeah. somehow... Uh,
0: going the wrong way. Oh, and then it was, oh, it's all mail for my mom or my grandma or what have you. And then, oh, well, you know, actually I was just stealing mail and... I'm not supposed to have these, and now he's facing like five years in prison yeah. for this. Um,
2: so that's a good news story in terms of the system working,
0: right? And in, in terms catching, of
2: catching catching an attempt at voter right. fraud.
0: Absolutely, absolutely. Yeah, and yeah. I mean, you've got—I I don't know how much you care for Project Veritas. Um, they've been coming out with a number of different videos uh, between uh, the Ihan Omar, I, Ihan Omar. In Minnesota, Minnesota, where the guy was caught on Snapchat, you know, bragging about all of the ballots that he's got a hold of and they're getting paid for it. And it's got it shows video evidence of cash being passed back and forth. And these are just
2: so does it show evidence of votes of ballots actually somehow being gathered? How? I mean, this is the this is the difficult thing we're in, in the era we're in is a lot of people because of social media, which is great in some ways, are deliberately putting out misinformation. I mean, frankly, humans have been doing that for a long, long time. But So when you're evaluating something, you have people deliberately putting out misinformation. It becomes harder to tell what is actually out there and not. And I'm not saying one way or another, 100%. I'm clearly not. I'm saying that it's easy to just cherry pick the examples that you want to be true and put them forth to making your case. Believe me, if Trump was winning right now trump supporters would be saying there's no such thing as voter fraud
1: no i right? as a trump's not right if they, there's
2: voter fraud it's easy to say now but if election. if the election was narrow and trump had won then you might find it quite tempting to change your view on voting i thought voter there was fraud.
1: voter fraud back in what was it 2000 during the the bush and and um, uh gore you know, runoff. You know, with the whole situation with the hanging chads down in Florida, that was my first taste of voter fraud. And at that time, I really didn't even swing either way as far as my political beliefs go. And that made me really kind of question how this process actually works. Now, at that time, being a you know a young kid at the age of nineteen, you know, I see two thousand eighteen years old. I'm thinking to myself like. What's going on here? And it kind of left that taste in my mouth. And again, not really having any affiliation with either political party made me wonder what's really going on with our political system. That was my first encounter with, you know, voter fraud. Now, yeah. to me,
0: that oh, yeah. has... and then, and then you got the Republicans re- redrawing district lines. What they call it, gerry-rigging, gerrymandering. gerrymandering. Well, yeah, gerrymandering, gerrymandering. But I'm not even going that far know, into I, this conversation. Right, I'm it. just I'm just, man, I'm just many explaining examples of both sides doing it.
1: Whereas now, as a Republican myself, you know, I I know that there is voter fraud to some extent. Not in 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 the capacity that it's by hundreds of thousands of votes. It could be by thousands, but. To, to say that close. there isn't voter fraud would be absurd, you know, to any side of the political aisle that you fall under. You So know? the real
2: question is, is there significant voter fraud? And voter fraud also is a big basket, right? It covers a lot of things. It could simply cover um, somebody being sent a ballot who's mm-hmm. not entitled to be sent one. And signing it and sending it in, that would be voter fraud. That's actually a crime, right? You would go to jail if you yep. did that. Mm-hmm. And people have gone to jail for, for doing that and will continue to. So it may happen in individual cases, but to show it happening in systemic enough cases that uh, electoral college votes are swung, that's something that you would really need to make a strong case based in evidence to see that it happens as opposed to um, small numbers of bots. I'm not saying it doesn't. I'm saying you need to see where does it actually happen rather than how could it happen. Uh, Let me let me say one more one more thing on this. My problem right now with the Trump campaign is they're starting off saying there was massive voter fraud and then they're looking for the evidence. That is arguing in bad in bad faith.
1: I think that could have been reworded in such a way where it didn't come across that way. Sometimes I think Trump has a bad habit of, of you know, what's the word I'm looking for here? <laughs> Shooting from the hip.
0: <laughs> yeah, I kind of
1: putting the you know the cart before the horse when he when he when he says things you know in front of
2: the public. Look, he builds the cart before the horse. Right, month before the election, he was saying there will be voter fraud but if you, I lose the election. Would
1: you not feel that <laughs> only way? if he loses? But would you not feel that way if the Democrats have done everything they could, everything but throw the kitchen sink at you for the last four years? Well, that's electoral
2: politics. Exactly. The The same thing happened with Obama. Right the right. Republicans
1: through the kitchen sink at him. Oh
2: my
0: god, not right. like this. Not like this though. I have been listening I, to talk, well, I, hey, listen, I've been a nonpartisan guy like outside of the political spectrum for years. I've been listening to this. The republicans did not there was there was never a multi year investigation with little to no charges, you know, such as the Russian the Russian delusion. The there's a thing. reason
2: for that. <laughs> There were multi-year investigations because the Russians were quite active in interfering in 2016. There was an impeachment because impeachable offenses were committed. You don't think if the Republicans had anything they could have dug into Obama, they wouldn't have? oh my god if Obama had done any of the things that Trump had done the Republicans would have repeached his ass so
0: I might I might every, point you every to, time they could I might point you to Dan bongino's work on that particular topic if you're interested if you actually are interested in learning there is quite a few episodes of his podcast and his he's actually written an entire book on it talk, detailing exactly what actually happened there and well he I'm, was a former se- uh, secret uh, service agent too right well. he was a f- former secret service agent for Obama during his presidency and it's pretty, uh, pretty, uh, damning stuff. Um, Dan Bongino,
2: what's the name of the book?
0: Dan Bongino. I, I don't remember the name of the book, but I'll oh, try to get right. it to you later. Um, well, but that's
2: I, all right. Let's only promote one book per episode. This episode. Hey, that sounds, that sounds good. <laughs> let, me, let me
0: grab a comment here. Um, <laughs> s- somebody did say as a, as a Trump supporter, uh-huh. I, I as well completely disagree. The question of any possibility of fraud is concerning and should be for all parties. Um, I mean, I mean, you could say, yeah, if the if it was flipped, you'd be thinking the other way. But I mean, you, you know, I tr- I try really hard not to try to assume what somebody would think if this. You know, it's it's too many layers of manipulation at some. But point. But this is no
1: different than people saying that basketball players don't shave points off games or football players, you know, take steroids. You know, I mean, I mean, this is all the way across every level of the spectrum from politics to sports to you got corruption everywhere it doesn't matter where you go with this
2: so
1: yeah let
2: me take this football analogy because i think it's a really good one if you consider and americans like they love to use sports analogies for their elections which i think is like crazy because it's not an election that was the first time i ever done it but
1: (laughs) (laughs) not for an election (laughs) but but a lot of people
2: a lot of people do but you could think of it you know we're at the end of the game and you know your team Catches the ball in the end zone, but the ref calls it out of bounds. But what do you do? If it's your team, you think, oh, my God, the ref made a bum call. And you're furious at the ref. That's like an election result that you don't like. Right. So then you go to the replay. And there you go, because everybody's taken film footage of it. You see, damn it, his foot was outside the white line when he caught the ball. But then, let's say the coach of the team that just lost says, no, the refs have been paid by the other side and the video was faked, even though you've seen it just like 10 seconds later. So now you as a fan have to choose. Are you going to believe the coach of the team that just lost? Or are you going to believe the rules of the game? And if you choose to believe the coach and say, yeah, no, the game was corrupt, the game is rigged, then you're not actually against the winning team. You're against the game. And this is what I put it to Trump supporters right now. Be careful if you say this was a rigged election because you are against the game. And the game is American democracy. The rules have been set. And if at this point you want to go against the game, there is no more winning team. There's <laughs> just people I, fighting for power.
1: I don't think it was the American people that rigged this election. I think it's your politicians who
2: lie. But, you know, there's a lot wrong with lying politicians, but the vote counters, the mechanism for tabulating the votes, that's not in the hands of politicians. I
1: mean, I can tell you right now as a Trump supporter, I'm not from Russia. It didn't influence my vote to vote for Trump. And I can speak on millions and millions of Trump supporters that did vote for him. It wasn't Russia. So it's about
2: the vote count though, right
0: now.
1: Well, no, I understand it's the vote count, but the Democrats always want to go back and say it was Russian interference. Well, how do you interfere with me making a personal choice to vote for Trump? Uh, and again, I'm speaking for millions of Americans who did exactly the same thing as I did. So how is that? Exa- I, I don't understand. That's that's always been my concern. It's like, like how is that really... That doesn't make any sense. I can't wrap my head around that. Like they I, I know the so much. They How do they influence me? I, I don't even read anything Russian. I don't know anything Russian. I don't even know anybody that's Russian. I don't even know what Russian
0: words look like. <laughs> and <laughs> Robert. So and Robert wow. say, and Robert says Russia paid for a hundred k in Facebook ads that supported I, everyone yes. and opposed everyone. But even without okay,
1: even without Facebook, even without social media. I have always wanted to see a politician, somebody who wasn't polished. A polished polit- politician—that's a tongue twister. I wanted a business what about a man.
0: Polish polished, politician? Oh Jesus politician. Christ! Let's not go there. <laughs> I, I wanted
1: to see somebody that was different than the same things that we have been fed year after year after year after election. You know, election cycle. i wanted something different, and again. I am speaking on behalf of millions of Trump supporters who wanted the exact same thing. You can't Russian influence Americans who wanted the, the exact same thing. You know, you went from an administration that was the PC culture, wanted you to wish everybody happy holidays. Let me tell you something. Millions and millions of Trump supporters would rather say Merry Christmas. We don't like what what people are trying to shove down our throats and tell us what we should do and and what we need to do to be politically correct no i don't like that and i'm speaking again for millions of trump supporters and that's what i want people to understand is this was not russian influenced this was this was politician influence this was influenced by people who told us what we should do and that's not what i want to do that's not russian anything that's just uh, just just an american culture of i want to wave my my red and white blue flag i want to stand up and say the pledge of allegiance i, I want to go to the Masonium. i, I, I want to go to washington D, you know dc to learn my history that's not russian influence i want to carry my firearm and protect my family that's a god-given right you know protected by the constitution of america That's not Russian influenced. That is. I think Daniel might disagree with you about it being God given. Well, my yeah, I know that. I understand what he means, though. My point is, is that I've never understood this whole Russia, Russia, Russia thing, and 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 I'm going to keep you know I know I keep going, but I, I guess because I never saw anything russia related whether it was you know social media anything anything that could have been subliminal i I don't i don't care what it is my point is is that i love this country i love what it stands for i love the freedoms that come with it I, I, guess, I love I guess, what it's built on. If I, can I and s- the founding fathers that created what we have today. It may not be the prettiest country at times. It could be the ugliest at times. We have a dark history. Mm-hmm. But at the end of the day, I will stand for my flag, and I will love this country to the best of my ability. And that will never, ever in my bloodstream come with Russia written anywhere in that blood. It won't. Is it, <laughs> is it
0: fair to say that it feels a little condescending when... It's suggested that you didn't vote for Trump on your own accord and your own ideas, that it was some other com- country with their own nefarious means influencing your it's vote. It's very you're not, condescending. You're, you're not capable of making the decision on your own. Right. It, that's it kinda is. What, I, mean, I don't know. I, maybe I'm mischaracterizing. I'm not trying to straw man the position here, but that's kind of what I get when right. I hear the left specifically talk about Russian influence in the election. Does that, does that make, does that make yeah. sense, what I'm saying here? Yeah so
2: i hear i hear uh, tony you saying two Mm -hmm. very separate things Mm -hmm. and keeping my my pro-truth lens on let me address them separately okay and the first one is your really eloquent wish for somebody who was not in the mold of a typical american politician and the belief that many millions of americans had that trump might be that person but in many cases, I think, regardless of whether or not he was that person, I think that there was a rejection of the way things have been in the past, the way right. politicians spoke to people from both parties, mm-hmm. the way um, the way our leaders dealt with the problems facing America. It right. didn't really seem to be geared at solving the problems. You want to? Do you really had.
1: want to know what it was for us, Trump supporters? we were willing to accept the lies to make sure that the job was done. That's the honest to God's truth. I wanted to see the U.S. Embassy go to Jerusalem. I, I wanted Israel to finally, you know, the U.S. to finally recognize, you know, Jerusalem as the capital of Israel. After 23 years and three, you know, you know prior presidents who <laughs> promised to move the embassy to, you know, to Jerusalem never did it. Trump did you know it's just it's not it's not even so much the promises it's it's the fact that the man okay yeah it has promises but it's he delivered on what he could and and for the most part he did and for a lot of people and it doesn't make it right and I know this you're willing to accept certain things to know that this you know we're finally getting some results here and I know that sounds so horrible to say but it's the truth it's like I'm willing to accept a man's lie to see the man get a job done that politicians for forty-something years have been telling us and and, and feeding us down, you know feeding us this crap down our throats, and they're just not doing it. And it's one of the reasons why I get so aggravated with the Democratic Party when it comes to the minority minorities, you know. It could be said on both sides. I know this, but when you constantly tell Black people that they have a voice and we're going to do more for the community and this, that, and the other, and then every year, year after year, it's just there's no results. There's no results. You got guys like Ice Cube, that's 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 stepping up to the plate, wanting to have a bigger voice, willing to work with any administration to finally see some results. Now. I think because of where we're at in our climate right now, with the politics and, and the division that where we were. Now let's 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 understand something. The division in this country didn't happen under the you know under the Trump administration, didn't happen under the Obama administration or Bush or Clinton. This goes back through every single politician that has walked through those White House doors. People need to get that through their head. This didn't happen with one man, and that's where I have a serious problem with this because today a lot of people. A lot of people believe that the division that we're seeing right now in this world is because of Trump and it's not it's not and that is a fact and you know th- that's one of the reasons why you know we wanted to see Trump become president. We wanted to see something different than the norm of what we've been fed you know year after year after year and it's just like okay, let's take a timeout. This guy said he's gonna you know build a wall, right? He's going to have the other side pay for it. Well, we don't know really who paid for it, if if Mexico will ever pay for it. You know, we don't care. Tony, Tony, (laughs) come on. Let's be clear.
2: Mexico did not pay for it. Let's be clear. And I'm fine with that. But a small number of miles of wall were actually built. And let's be clear, any Mexican with a $50 special chainsaw can cut through those bars and get through. But you know what, though? Let's just think about the facts of this. Right, right. And and I'm with
1: you on that. And I'm with you on that. But I don't care. The wall is being built. That is something we've been hearing both from the Democrats and Republicans for many, many years. That have said it in front of the House and said it in front of the Senate that it needed to get done. But nobody has ever actually footed the bill to start and kick off that process. My point is whether the, the 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 wall was built, you know crappy or or whatever or you know made out of steel bars or or you know a golden wall i don't give a shit the point is there was there was actually something going on (laughs) you know what i'm saying (laughs) and then also for the first time in 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 my history as as in the 40 years that i've been alive the u.s had become energy independent like how cool is that (laughs)
2: let's that had nothing to do with trump and everything to do with hydraulic fracking technology which made well which which released so so many possible uh, energy pockets that had just not been exploited before people knew they were there before um i i used to work with a bipartisan think tank called the uh, bipartisan policy center right. in washington dc right. not as an employee but I, I gave them some communication advice and they were saying this is like 12 years ago they were talking about how fracking was really building this path to energy independence that path to energy independence is not a result of any particular administration it's a result of new technology and the decision to go ahead and exploit that energy resource so there's a so there are but you know you know i I feel that we could Probably gone for four or five hours. Oh, so absolutely! <laughs> so much fun. Policies. <laughs> let, let's, let's policies listen. under the Trump but administration. Here, so the, let me say one thing. I, I want to let you wrap it
0: know. Oh, okay. Yeah. Sorry. <laughs> I, I
2: really, I really. I'm just getting started. And that is, and that is that the model of of politics has many Americans feel it has not served them well, and right. simply somebody coming along ready to tear it all up. A huge number of Americans said, we welcome this. And four years later, after a lot of tearing up, a huge number of Americans have said, we want more of this because we didn't like what we used to get. Mm -hmm. And that, I think, needs a lot of reckoning. And my hope is that we decide we're going to talk to each other about it rather than see each other as the enemy. I've been really dismayed by how I feel... Um, the each side has demonized the others in their in their own way um, and god that's something that i really want us to get over i don't care if we agree or not right. but i wish that the different sides would talk to each other and like i'm so grateful to be a guest on your show
0: we right. love having yeah, you. Yeah, on. we're glad to have you. We yeah. we, we love actually right. having conversations about things yeah. we disagree with people. It's it's been one we of the want biggest. want more cha- of. Yeah. One of the biggest challenges <laughs> is getting people from the left wing of politics to actually come on the show. Right. We, we're, <laughs> I mean, we'll welcome anybody. I mean, we've we've had all manner of different people. We have had people from the left, the right, the far right. We've uh-huh. had we've had people. A guy was on that was a self-proclaimed racist, and we're like, what? <laughs> talk to yeah. us what why how do you we, like, we want to understand where people come from yeah, I mean, that's yeah what it comes we're just to. infinitely yeah. curious about people we want to know like how do you how did you arrive at this point in your life right like, <laughs> and, and i would be even interested yeah. you know maybe in a, in a future episode where we're not in specifically promoting the book to have you on just to talk about you and yeah. how you came to you know who you are and what like why do you think the way you think what would you know what influenced your Decision, you know, that stuff like that. That would be really cool. But um, I want to give you a quick opportunity to go ahead and, and tell people where they can reach you for more information and, and we'll go ahead and wrap it up after that. Yeah. So. Yeah.
2: Sure. So protruthpledge.org. Pretty easy. protruthpledge.org. That's the website of the organization. Uh, and it also then will, will lead you to the book. You can also just simply find this anywhere, you know, that the, the books are sold. Protruth. That's all you need to plug in. And, um, uh, You know, it's nonpartisan. It's meant for people who want to get to the truth and don't want to put up with political systems where people get away with lying. And to protect yourself from lies when they're incoming. So you can hear them, decode them, and not spread them. And I would love to be not only back as your your guest, but I'm I'm also a publisher. My my imprint is called Changemaker's Books, and I publish books by people who want to create transformation. Whew, I could send you some folks who'd have good conversations with you from Dude, like sounds, a wide range. Sounds like a great idea. Yeah. So yeah. I really, right. so appreciate what you guys are doing. Unframed, you know. Let's, you know, unframe our mind. Out. Yeah,
0: we I, gotta I, unframe yeah. our minds. Here's
2: you know? the thing, though. Unframe our minds.
1: We we can we can have these heated conversations, but at the end of the day, like I've told everybody else, I'll still take you to the bar and I'll buy you a drink. You know, I mean, that's what it boils down to. It's just. These are the kind of conversations that have got, that that really have, have got to be had right now. Yeah. If that makes sense. Yeah, I agree. Um, and
2: if I can go back to that sports metaphor just for a second. No. You know, at the end of the Super Bowl, <laughs> what do you do? You see the two teams line up and they shake each other's hands and they say, good game. They fought hard against each other, but they are in the sport together. I'd much rather and they just pat each
0: cool. other on the ass, but that's cool. Yeah. <laughs> that's over on porn. You, know,
2: <laughs> you know, so that's it let's you know remember we're in the same sport together and america's got a fantastic league
1: a lot of us have forgotten that
0: yeah Yeah. and metaphorically speaking i don't play football (laughs) <laughs> all right y'all this has been a- smacking me on the ass for nothing <laughs> all right y'all thanks again tim for coming on the show yes, and telling you. us about your project i would love to coming up discord hear more. or not discord and, but zoom okay so yes we um now it's entirely up to you if you want to stick around or not but we do do a private zoom call for our group members only after the show the people on watching Fridays. the show yeah. um if you've got nothing to do uh you feel free to you know hang out and chat with other folks in the community and i will be sending that link to our discord group i'll be sending it first i'll be sending it to our telegram group second and i will be sending it to our facebook group last because they don't really deserve our time and attention much just the <laughs> other two who haven't censored us right. at every chance. Uh, uh, um, I'll, I'll hang in, I'll yeah, hang yeah, in it, here. it'll be on this very zoom call so you you just stay where you're at i'll go ahead and get everything switched if you need to use the bathroom or anything like that i've got to do that as well <laughs> and we promise our viewers will be nice to you <laughs> Oh, you? Is that a you can keep? <laughs> I can't. I can't promise you, otherwise I'd be lying to you. Uh, all right, y'all. This has been another episode right, James, of the stick unf-
1: around, and, and we'll see you here in a minute.
0: All right, this has been another episode of the Unframe of Mind show, where we have clearly uncomfortable conversations without a condom. I've been your host Daniel Wagner, hey, Anthony Traynor, and we will see you next Friday.